new on Curiosity Stream. I'm James Burke. I'm going to take you on a journey through time. James Burke's visionary series returns, reimagined for our time. Now, this is all uncharted territory. The Washington Post hails Burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the Western world. The New York Times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another. Where do we want to go from here? Experience all new connections. So what's the next connection? With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Welcome into the Awesome MMA Strategy Show for UFC 273, which goes down here on Saturday night in my home state of Forest. So about a three or so hour drive up from uh, in Jacksonville from Tampa. Of course, we're here to break this one down for you. We are sponsored by Prize Picks. We will talk a little about Prize Picks later on the show. And you know, when I was pulling some Prize Picks props to talk about on the show, you know, I've got a Hamza Shmaya prop to throw out to Pete. Rogers Jr., the fighter, a.k.a. the president of the Hamzat Maya fan club. And if Hamzat does not win on Saturday, I might just have to call Pete and just check in on him. Say, hey, are you good? Are you okay? That, hey, that's fair. That's fair. I, I've been waiting for this fight card for a while, and I can't wait to see my boy fight again. And, uh, you know, I think everybody's starting to believe. And after Saturday, I'm hoping that the next fight will be for the title and and then we'll we'll have another debate because I feel like a lot of people are going to be still back in Usman. And, you know, it's going to be a, a fantastic fight if that ever does happen. But first, he has a, a very stiff test in front of him in, in Gilbert Burns. And we'll have to see if he passes with flying colors. I think he does. Yeah, no, no question about it. Of course, we'll break down all the fights here. Uh, before we kind of get into the main event and start working our way down, I will tell you, obviously, as we do the show, FanDuel has not released the salaries for the fire. So we have DraftKings. And Pete, when I looked at the salaries, my first thought was like, Oh man, we've got a lot of 9,000 fighters and this is going to be an interesting week in, in terms of creating lineups uh, that you could sit there and, and be happy with in terms of a, a GPP in terms of cash. I, I do think there's some path with some of these underdogs. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, I think that, um, you know, we have a ton of 9,000 options and a ton of quality options. Um, it's not necessarily one where I disagree with a lot of the top options, uh, it's just a matter of who's going to score the most. And, you know, we have Hamza Shemaev who's in a, you know, in a three round bout and, uh, you know, could he possibly not make it into the optimal despite even a fantastic showing just because there's two other five round fights of Volkanovsky and also the, the Peter Jan fight. So we'll have to discuss it, but it's pretty awesome at the top and uh, it's just going to have to come down to roster construction and just, you know, figuring out who's going to be within that optimal lineup given their salary. Of course, uh, do us a big favor, smash that thumbs up button. That does help us out a ton. Of course, subscribe to Osmo right here on YouTube so you stay up to date with all the shows that we have going on for you. Of course, today, the start of the MLB season. Of course, coming up after us will be MLB Live Before Lock. I'll be tuning in because I got to figure out what I'm doing with my lineups here today because I will tell you, you know, Pete knows I love those multiplier contests over on DraftKings and ooh, they are some juicy multiplier contest i i, I said screen a screenshot of peter this week i'm like all right buddy i'll see it's a good multiplier contest over there of course that's kind of my go-to when it comes to mma of course uh if you're not a member of also plus you want to get a little peek what's behind the paywall today's free premium data and tools nba main slate ownership projections and nhl top sacks also we have our podcast giveaway going on so head over to your favorite podcasting platform leave us a five-star rating and review with your twitter handle or awesome username you'll be entered in a way free enter to win a free month of also plus platinum so pete let's get right into it main event alexander volkanovsky versus chan sung jung aka the korean zombie 9500 for alex volkanovsky 6700 for the korean zombie this is one of those fights in terms of cash looking at underdog 
I don't mind getting to zombie in this position because Pete, this is a fight that I expect to play out on the feet. Um, you know, Volkanovsky in interviews leading up to this, he has been talking about, he feels that he can get him out within three rounds. So let's get your take on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, w- I would definitely like that, especially at his price point. And, uh, you know, I think that Volkanovsky, he's looked amazing in the UFC 10 and 0 in the UFC and just, uh, overall is very, very dominant. Um, I don't necessarily think that the odds should be as wide. I understand that, you know, Korean zombies coming in here on, you know, relatively short notice, not, not necessarily like a full training camp, but, uh, I do think that the Korean zombie is a dangerous fighter for sure. And he possesses some, some weapons that can definitely hurt Alexander Volkanovsky on the feet. Uh, you know, great uppercuts, just good power punches. And it's kind of deceiving because he doesn't necessarily, you know, strike you as a, as a power striker. Uh, granted, I, I do think that the strength of schedule is it's strong, but I don't think it's like at the Alexander Volkanovsky level within the past, let's call it three to five fights. Um, I like what Volkanovsky brings to the table. He's just a well-rounded mixed martial artist. And I think that he answered a lot of questions within that Brian Ortega fight. And granted, you don't like to see fighters, you know, in danger a lot, but you, you do like to see them, you know, withstand and overcome adversity. And we, we did see that. And I think that Volkanovsky, you know, leveled up from that fight, especially in a lot of, you know, odds makers and, and just analysts in their point of view, they're like, wow, Volkanovsky's really just kind of checking a lot of boxes here. And I, I agree with it. Um, I really feel like the the power is something that you can't really put your finger on when it comes to the Korean zombie. This should be a, a matchup where the Volkanovsky could get rid of the Korean zombie. Um, and I think that would happen probably via ground and pound. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I love the price point of, of Volkanovsky. It's just, I know how dangerous the Korean zombie is. He has some spectacular wins within the UFC, but he was, you know, outstruck and just, you know, defeated pretty handily against Brian Ortega. And I do think that Volkanovsky can, you know, he comes from a strong camp where they're going to have a blueprint for success. So Volkanovsky is definitely the A side. I agree with him. I think he's going to get it done. Um, Yeah, I, I like him here at the top. Yeah, I like him here at the top as well. And when you look at his title fights that he has been in, so this will be his fourth title fight in the UFC in the first matchup against Holloway, land 157 significant strikes. In the rematch against Holloway, 137. And then the matchup against Brian Ortega, 214. His last two fights, he did score in the triple digits, uh, scored 94 points in the first matchup there uh, against him. So I do like him, but you know, to me, in terms of GPPs, it just comes down to a roster uh, construction situation. I think this is probably going to be a car, Pete, where I'm going to put fighters like Volkanovski, Jan, Chemayev, and Gary in in a grouping cruncher trying to get to a bare minimum, at least one of these guys uh, that that's just kind of the way I'm thinking. But on the cash side, um, I, I look at, at zombie and say, man, if he can just survive five rounds at mm-hmm. $6,700, if he can do that, man, that's a great cash play. Yeah. And, and that's the issue is like, whenever we have title fights is sometimes a, a loser making it into the optimal lineup if they can survive and make it somewhat competitive or win a round or two in a five round in a five round bout um that they could possibly sneak into the optimal lineup um you know we have seen volkanovsky get stretched out and if he can't get the finish over the korean zombie korean zombie you know he gets hit a lot and I, that's where i think that you know volkanovsky can definitely test that chin of his and knock him out but you know volkanovsky did go the distance with max twice um, and, and in both of those fights scored 94 fantasy points and 102 fantasy points. So, you know, I, I would say somewhat temper expectations, depending on how you think the fight's going to go, because if Korean zombies tough enough, uh, maybe he, maybe Volkanovsky doesn't necessarily smash the slate, but I, I kind of do believe that he can get, you know, the Korean zombie out of there within four rounds. I, I really do agree with him with that point. So I'll, I'll have plenty of them. I mean, I, I absolutely love them, but as far as a cheap dart throw, Within the title fights, do you like the Korean Zombie more than Aljamain Sterling? There's an argument there. There definitely is an argument there because a lot of people watch Volkanovski, and they're not that impressed. I do think that he's an impressive fighter, but uh, I I do understand that the, the power that the Korean Zombie possesses. I think part of that is with the Holloway fights, just because of how mm-hmm. close they were. Correct. That a lot of people really believe that Holloway won at least one, if not two, of those fights. We'll move into the co-main event. By the way, if you have any questions on the fights, uh, you can leave that right here in the YouTube chat, or if you're an Osmo Plus member, you can leave that in the Discord chat as well. So we got Al Jermaine Sterling, sixty-nine hundred, taking on Peter Yan, ninety-three hundred. Of course, the rematch. 
you know, Pete, one of the things of going back and watching the first fight, I think one of the things that you kind of forget about is how the success Sterling was having early on in that matchup, but he just put on a pace that he could not, his body could not maintain that pace. Of course, uh, I was listening to his coach, Ray Longo, uh, on, on the Anakin Florian podcast this week, and you know, I thought he brought a lot of interesting things to the table, talking about how Aljo did his entire camp at, at Sarah Longo for this one. Matt Sarah has been a part of the camp, the entire camp. Uh, Matt will not be in Jacksonville with him because he has a prior commitment. Uh, Ally Quintum, Rob Davishvili will be joining Ray Longo in the corner this week, of course, uh, Aljamain having that surgery there. You know, the one thing I will say that before going back and watching the fight and looking at stats, I had forgot the fact that Peter Jan had seven takedowns. Aljo was one of 17 in takedowns. Like, look, if Aljo is going to pull this off, Pete, he has got to get on the back of Peter Jan. If you tell me he can't get on the back of Peter Jan, I just don't think he wins a fight. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because like whenever we have an underdog who has such a, a massive wrestling upside, you definitely have to circle them and maybe you know increase your exposure to them. This is a, def- a difficult fight for for both fighters, obviously, and we did see the success that Sterling had early on against Peter uh, Peter Young, and uh, it was largely due to volume, just constant pressing, and then you know attempting to incorporate some takedowns. Now, I do think that you know trying to incorporate more takedowns is probably the best path to victory for Aljamain Sterling, but that now represents that he has to maintain a pace throughout you know a 25 minute fight which is very tough and and trying to constantly wrestle for 25 minutes very few people can do it that's why Kobe Covington is just like in a league of his own when it comes to pace and pressure um not too many people even the 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 weight class 135 pounds you know Marab's probably the best example within that division of who can go out there and incorporate tons of takedowns and training with Marab possibly he he starts to incorporate some of that into his his game plan and blueprint for success against Peter Jan because on the feet, Peter Jan had the more damaging strikes. And we, we did see that uh, Aljamain Sterling, you know, did not like getting hit with these big shots, obviously. And, and Peter Jan is defensively, you know, sound, has his hands and his guard pretty high. He defends takedowns well. I think that his fight IQ is what really separates him from the pack. Um, I think that there are, you know, a ton of live underdogs this week. And if you told me that, you know, the, the number one guy beat the, the you know, the champ, or so to speak, or the number one and number two guys going up against each other and there's a slight upset, it, does, it wouldn't really surprise me because fighting is, you know, on any given night, somebody can show up, somebody mm-hmm. can have an off night, somebody can have a, a perfect game plan. But I, I am back, I'm back in a Peter Jan here. I just think that everything that I've seen, the striking, the defensive mindset, the fight IQ, the pace, um, and I, I just really like that um, – I don't know. He he has the kill shot to him where I think that Aljamain mm-hmm. Sterling has a decision type of style uh, outside of a submission finish. Um, so I'm, I'm back at Peter Jan, but, I'm, you know, 6,900 for a guy in a five round bout with wrestling upside. Aljamain Sterling is going to be one of the best pound for pound values on the slate, given how much success he did have early on in that in that fight. But as 
as the fight went on, you definitely saw who was the better fighter, and that's Peter Yan. So it's Peter Yan, uh, the pick for me, but I'll be sprinkling exposure on the underdog. Yeah, I mean, and I think the potential five-round upside of Peter Yan with that pace, with the striking, he could get a lot, and, and maybe he goes with some leg sweeps to kind of get some mm-hmm. yeah, those those uh you know easy takedown points, something to kind of think about there. Uh, and of course, uh, the other big matchup of this card, and I said on my show last night, the number one, the fire that's most intriguing on this card to me, and I think a majority of the people that are tuning in on Saturday night is Hamjat Shemaev taking on Gilbert Burns. Hamjat Shemaev, 9,400, 6,800 for Gilbert Burns. Look, I know how much you love Hamzat Shemaev, but you got to agree, there is a massive disrespect for Gilbert Burns heading into this one. When, when I mean, we look at the betting odds, when we look at the DraftKings salaries, I mean, come on, bro. First off, against Kamaru Usman, who I think we would all agree, number one pound pound fire right now. Gilbert Burns was a two to one betting underdog. Yeah, no, I get it. I I do get it, but I, I do think that not every fight is equal, and uh, I think that the teammate factor and that of them knowing each other so well is maybe why the the odds were a little closer in that fight than they should have been. Um, I do think that Gilbert Burns represents the the biggest step up in competition for Hamza Shemaev. Obviously, you guys know you've been listening to our channel for a while. I'm the biggest on Hamza Shemaev as far as all prospects within the sport. Uh, Tom Aspinall is number two for me. Um, I, I really feel like this guy is one of the best fighters we'll ever see as long as like he stays healthy. And uh, I'm excited to see him perform. And I, I think that he'll be – like Gilbert Burns represents multiple dangers, right? Like he's extremely powerful on the feet, and he has one of the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu acumens out there. So Hamza Shamayev needs to be wise to all these submission attempts that Gilbert Burns possibly throws up there, and he cannot get lazy in any position. Um, and also on the feet, right? Like Hamza Shamayev is relatively untested on the feet. Like there, there's a lot of question marks, and we don't know how he's going to be if he gets hit with a big shot, if he gets rocked, if he gets dropped. Uh, does his striking look poor? I've watched a lot of in-depth behind-the-scenes footage of Hamza Shamayev for you know past year and a half, two years now, or whatever. And uh, I, I have seen him, you know, strike with some of the best strikers. I've seen him grapple with some of the best grapplers. I just think that this guy, what he did to, to Jack Hermanson in, in their grappling bout was absolutely mind-blowing. Um, I think that he's going to get an underhook. I think that the body lock takedowns are going to be the difference maker here. Um, you know, he, he has a unique takedown style where he can avoid danger of Gilbert Burns. Not like he's going out there and shooting double legs, leaving his neck exposed. Um and I think he's going to get in top position in route to multiple takedowns and ground and pound. And I think he's going to get him out of there. So like we talked about it on our, on our uh, odd shopper video that I really like Hamza Shamaya via KO TKO sits mm-hmm. at about plus plus one fifty. I, I think that there's great value there. And I think that his path to victory is not submitting Gilbert Burns. It's going to be via TKO via ground and pound, because uh, if you tell me he submits Gilbert Burns, I would be absolutely mind blown. The one thing that I do believe we will see on Saturday night is I think we're going to see two guys who look like they're in different weight classes yeah. where Gilbert Burns, like to me, if you told me if the UFC ever went with 165 pound weight class, I think that would be the ideal weight class for Gilbert Burns and probably for Hamzat Shemaev. If there was a 175 pound weight class, that'd probably be the ideal weight class for him. So mm. I think you're going to see a little bit of a size difference in there. I mean, look, I, I think Hamzat Shemaev is a great play. We, we, the guy has been a stud, you know, look, when I talk to people who've, you know, been around or have mutual connections, I mean, bro, I mean, they, they talk about this guy's going to be a UFC champion. I mean, yeah. there, there's a video going around this week of Brian Stan talking about Hamza Shemaev mm-hmm. like five years ago, talking about what he was doing there at the All-Star Gym there over, over in Sweden. And when you talk to people in Vegas, I mean, they just talk so highly of him. Let me just say this. Let's rank Hamza Shemaev. Peter Yan, Alexander yeah. Volkanovsky, ceiling. That's really hard. Of, of fancy points. It's and the thing really is hard. where, like, I could see Chimaev going out there and getting 110, 115, 120 points. Yeah. But, man, when you look at the ceiling of Yan and Volkanovsky, with having those five rounds to work with, you might put Chimaev third. Yeah, I mean, the five rounds kind of like makes that the five round fighters, you know, be a little bit ahead of Chemayev as far as an upside, where I think the the safety and security of Chemayev kind of, you know, balances that out, where I have a lot more faith in him getting a victory over Burns than where like Peter Yan, like if Aljamain Sterling wins three rounds, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised. 
Um, so for me, as far as like one of my favorites, I'd probably say that he is, you know, my favorite, but as far as upside, he probably doesn't have that one fifty to 200, let's call it just absolutely drastic type of DFS production. Whereas the other guys in the five round bouts, they could do that. You know what I mean? Like they, they could pull that off. So I would agree with you. Uh, Hamza Shamai is still my favorite just because of the safety and security of it, despite the unknowns, but I get what you're saying. And that's why roster construction and using our tools over on awesome.com fantasy cruncher setting groups and just kind of let, let the, the data do it, you know, create your lineups for you. And uh, as long as you put the right rules and create the correct groups, I think that you'll have a ton of success because we're talking about like, you know, the three monsters of the slate, Chemayev, Jan, and Volkanovsky. You can't really go wrong. I mean, it's like, it's a three-way tie. They're just amazing. Of course, uh, if you're not an Osmo Plus member, you want to get access to all the great premium data and tools we have over at Osmo.com. You can sign for an Osmo Plus weekly pass for $29.95. gives you access to everything we have over at Osmo.com. You get that top fighter tool. We, we're talking about MMA, ownership projections, fire projections. Of course, we got covered for NBA, MLB, and so much more. And if you just wait, Osmo Plus MMA pass, you get those as low as $2.95 weekly. Stop guessing, start winning. Join Osmo Plus today. And uh, Pete says, uh, add fancy crunch to your account because uh, that is a key component uh, in terms of creating groups over there. And that's a group I'm going to create this week with a couple various things in terms of MMA. Pete, there's three things you might say are certain in life. Death, taxes, Tisha tours going the distance. <laughs> 16 of her 18 pro fights have gone the distance. We talked about it on the odd shopper uh, video this week. Uh, I do like Tisha tours a win by decision here. Uh, this is a 208,000. I do not like this fight for GPP at all. Pete, like to me, if, if I'm going to play a GPP here, I'm much rather throw a dart on Mackenzie Dern, thinking that Mackenzie Dern can get the fight to the ground. We have seen Tisha Torres get taken down, but if you're Tisha Torres, uh, don't play jujitsu, bro. Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, this is an interesting fight. And, uh, you know, Mackenzie Dern represents one of the, you know, best submission uh, skills within the division in all women's MMA. Um, and even like, you know, for all divisions, even across, you know, men's divisions, like she, her submission skills are just exceptional. Uh, that's where, like, if she gets you in a bad position, you have to be extremely careful and wise to all the submission attempts. I do think that Tisha Torres is is... I don't, I don't want to say smart enough to avoid it, but I think that she has enough experience to avoid some of the, the worst positions that Mackenzie Dern can represent. And that's where on the feet, Mackenzie Dern hits harder, but Tisha Torres has a more, uh, more variety to her striking. Um, lots of kicks, lots of point fighting type of techniques of dancing on the outside and the, the pace and the volume is usually enough to win her, you know, decisions and, uh, you know, she, she likes to get takedowns in her own right, but I don't re necessarily recommend that against Mackenzie Dern. Just stay on the feet, avoid the takedown attempts of Mackenzie Dern. Hopefully, she she's able to avoid submission attempts because if Mackenzie Dern gets her down, she can threaten the neck better than anybody. But I would agree with you, and I, I do like Tisha Torres here. I think the experience and just everything that I mentioned, it's just going to be a little too much. So at 8,000, you could do worse as far as a fighter that can get you a victory because, uh, you know... I don't know. I like she's safe as far as like women's MMA tends to get stretched out. I've seen more from her against tougher competition. Um, it's just like, what, what's she going to score 70 points? It's probably, there's probably better options on the slate, but uh, the GPP upside of Mackenzie Dern via submission finish is something to note as well. So the pick is Tisha Torres for me, but I agree with you, what you're saying. Of course, uh, Tisha Torres has only scored triple digits on DraftKings yeah. one time in her career. That was that win there against Sam Hughes, where I think everyone was pretty much on her yeah. uh, in, in that fight because just uh, was a, a drastic uh, difference in, in level of competition here. But, uh, you know, I would say this in terms of this price range, I don't feel good saying it. And we'll talk about this fight later. I'd rather get to that heavyweight matchup of 8,100 versus 8,100 and, oh, and Vandera <laughs> um, from a GPP aspect. Um, you know, yeah, I don't, if you want to get this game, this fight to cash, I'm not huge on it, but I can understand why you do that because of the price point. Let's move next up. We got a matchup between Vince Michelle and Mark O. Matson. Vince Michelle, 8,400. Mark O. Matson, 7,800. Pete, the number is 15. That is the number of times that Vince Michelle has been taken down in his last four fights. And clearly that is a path here for Mark O. Matson. 
but me and you were talking about this earlier this week. What scares the crap out of you about Marco Madsen is does he have three round cardio? Yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily bold on one side or the other. I think that Mark Madsen clearly has a, a takedown advantage over Vince Pichel. And I think that as 7,800, he's going to be one of the most popular plays. Um, he's an underdog with tremendous wrestling upside and against a guy who is pretty terrible at defending takedowns. Um, but as this fight goes on, you do worry about Mark Madsen possibly exhausting himself and Vince, Vince Pichel starting to come back and possibly get Mark Madsen out of there as the fight, you know, hits that third round or, or later in the, in the second round. But I mean, I don't know. That's a lot because sometimes finding a finish is very tough and finding a finish after getting ragdolled is also tough. Uh, I think that Vince Pichel will work to his feet pretty well. He just could possibly get, you know, slam takedown over and over and over. And if Mark Madsen's able to just be wise and dance on the outside and avoid danger for the third round, he could have two, two rounds in, in, in the bank. And uh, that's kind of what I'm, I'm thinking is going to happen here. I'm going to pick Mark Madsen, but like I said, this is one of my least confident picks on the, on the card, just because I wasn't that impressed in uh, Mark Madsen's previous fight against Clay Guida. It was a, primarily a standup affair. And I was like, man, Clay Guida could easily win this fight, and uh, it, it would absolutely surprise me. And obviously, it, it was it was close. It was a split decision. Um, he threw 192 strikes on the feet, only landed 98, only attempted one takedown. But I think that was because you know Clay Guida is a little tricky in the wrestling department, and even with his submission skills. And uh... did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. I think with... with a path to tons of takedowns. This could be reminiscent to that Austin Hubbard fight where he went eight of 12 for takedowns and scored crazy, right? Like eight of 12, Jason, you would expect him to have a better score than this scored only 91 fantasy points. And I think that's largely due to the, you know, that, that gas tank starting to evaporate as the fight goes on. So I'm picking Mark Madsen, but be careful with this one. By the way, uh, Dave uh, mentioning in the chat says, why are we not going to fight order? Uh, we are going in fight order. This is the fight order as of right now. All right. So um, I, I will say this. I was a little surprised that Ian Gary's not on the pay-per-view. I was a little surprised by that, but uh, this is this is a fight yeah, order. Right. Yeah, L literally. I was like, because I pulled up from the ESPN MMA website, which is always pretty accurate. I went over to UFC website. I'm like, yeah, that's a battle order that's listed over there as well. So uh, that's that's this is the battle order now. I mean, look, could the battle order change over the next uh, day or so? Maybe, but uh, this is the official bout order as we stand here right now. Uh, let's move over to that matchup. Ian Gary and Darion Weeks. Ian Gary, 9,200, 7,000 for Darion Weeks. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that really stuck out to me this week about Ian Gary is he was talking about his decision to move to South Florida. And, and I love what I heard, Pete. He said, I need to get around better competition. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying Sanford MMA. You've been saying Sanford MMA for a long time. And if I had, a, a place to go it would be either Sanford MMA or go go see James Krause that's literally where I would go and uh, I just think that you know surrounding yourself with so much talent and intelligent coaches is is such a, a benefit man like I, I can say that it, it brought me to a new level when I did that and I started going out here and there and um, you know I think that Ian Gary especially when you talk about international talent coming to the states is something that a lot of fighters need to do um, to get around a lot of fighters that are already in the big leagues. And, um, you know, I'm not in love with this price point, to be honest. Like, I understand that Ian Gary is a, is a talented fighter. He looks like a prospect. Um, I liked him in his debut, obviously. I like him going forward. It's just like, 
I, it was a relatively disappointing debut, if you want me to be honest, right? Like uh, Jordan Williams was hitting him a lot and, and mm -hmm. had plenty of success. And it looked like Ian Gary was really going to kind of just like lay an egg in his debut. And, you know, he, he hit him with a beautiful step back counter right hand, which was beautiful. Picture perfect. Got the victory. But, I mean, he had to experience some adversity, which was great. And I don't think that Darian Weeks is all that bad, if I'm being honest. Like, I, I know that a lot of people are saying, like, this is a handpick opponent, and it might be, right? It might be, because Darian Weeks, if you look at it, his his uh, his record isn't necessarily best against the, the, the toughest competition. But I, I do think that he's pretty well-rounded. And, you know, that performance against Brian Barbarena, who looked damn good last week or two weeks ago, whenever the mm -hmm. hell that was, yeah. like a back-and-forth fight against Matt Brown, I mean, that's a tough debut for anybody. He landed four of eight takedowns. Um, he threw 209 strikes. I don't think that Weeks is all that bad. I, I really don't. And I know that you're a big Ian Gary guy. I think he wins, but I, I think that Darren Weeks is a, an underdog that I will circle and I will get exposure to. I, to me on Ian Gary, I feel like he's got to get him out in the first or second round to be optimal. Because of when you look at some of these other 9,000 options, I mean, look, if Hamzat goes out there and does what he has done in the previous, he's probably going to be somewhere in that 110 to 120 range. I mean, let's just be honest about it. You know, Volkanovsky and Jan, they could potentially get 120, up upwards of 150 points if they go out there and yeah. win and, and it's a elongated fight. So, I mean, for me, Ian Gary, 9,200, he's going to have to get 120 points to potentially be optimal in this one. And my my, my concern is, and, and you bring up great points about the fact of very, got very hittable in that Jordan Williams fight. And yeah. I just wonder if he doesn't get him out in two rounds, could potentially worn down Ian Gary, you know, end up, end up losing via a, a third round stoppage. That that would be my concern. Yeah. So like if, if I'm looking at all these 9,000 options, obviously the three headed monster at top, like they, they're in a league of their own. Um, and it comes down to Julio Arce and Ian Gary. I think Julio Arce is probably the worst of, of all the 9,000. And I think that Ian Gary might be lost in the shuffle um, where it's just, there's more appealing options. So if you want to look at things from like a data perspective and an ownership, uh, he could be going kind of just flying under the radar. Um, I do think that he has strong striking. Uh, he has good kicks, good straight punches. Working at Sanford, it's only going to get better. And I think that he has good grappling and good wrestling as well. It's just his striking defense, he is hittable. And I don't really think that, that Darian Weeks is all that bad. I think that Ian Gary is going to get it done. But does he pay off the price point? Uh, I'm going to say in, in uh, comparison to the other 9,000 options, no. But uh, I, it's like a, a spot where I think everybody's kind of hating on the underdog. And Dave mentions uh, Weeks is weeks in the underdog pool. I would say Weeks is in my long shot pool. So I, I have two separate pools. I always have an underdog pool where I feel somewhat confident and I have a long shot pool. I think that Weeks is, you know, deserved to be in that long shot pool for sure. Yeah, no question about it. And that's where when you look at these 9,000 options, it's going to come down to those ownership projections as they get into Saturday of where they are. And, and who knows, maybe Ian Gary could be a little bit of a leverage spot uh, in comes of Saturday. Of course, that's the also MMA strategy shows we're getting ready for UFC 273. And we are sponsored by Prize Picks. Of course, be sure to use that promo code OSMO for instant first match deposit of up to $100 when you sign up over there. At prize picks, and of course, you get one free month of also uh, plus when you sign up, deposit, and play over at prize picks. And of course, uh, you'll get an email within 24 to 40 hours of how you can claim your free month of awesome plus platinum. And of course, be sure to use our props tools we have over awesome.com to help you make the plays that you want to play. Pete, looking over at the MMA side of the equation, let's look at fight time. First one, Ian Gary, 10 minutes. Give me the under. Wow. Okay. So, so if you believe that, then you're, you're definitely going to be getting more exposure on DraftKings than I probably will. I'm going to disagree with you just because of how I feel the fight's going to go. I'm going to say over. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, interesting fight, interesting line. Hamzat Shemaev, seven and a half. I'm going to say over. But it's close. I, I think. Within two rounds, so that I mean that's that's really close. I'm more in the under situation in that one. Oh wow! Okay, I I think you are going to see an over aggressive Gilbert Burns. 
I think you're going to, I think you're going to see a Gilbert Burns try to attack him. By the way, I saw someone note this, the Peter Yan line on fight times, 20 minutes. It was initially 23 and a half. So people have been pounding those lines. That's one of the things we always talk about our prize picks is you got to get on these lines earlier in the week. Uh, Takedowns. Chimaev too. Yeah, more, more. <laughs> really? So you're thinking that that Gilbert's going to get up though? Oh, one hundred percent. I think that he'll get up a little bit, but I am worried about him just getting ground and pounded into oblivion. Um, so he needs to get up, survive round one, and then he'll get taken down again in round two. Mark O'Matson is three. Yeah, it's hard not to like that. I, I think that's of all the ones you mentioned, that is the safest. And I'm saying more on that over. Oh yeah, over yeah, all I'm- day. That is the safest one. Yeah, I'm a, I'm on over on that situation as well. Um, yeah, look, there's there's some other fights we'll get into that. Uh, I think there's some interesting prop bets over there at Prize Picks. Of course, uh, be sure to play over there at Prize Picks. Get one free month of also plus platinum when you sign up, deposit, and play over at Prize Picks. Of course, we'll talk about Prize Picks on Live Before Lock on Saturday as we'll get you ready for UFC 273. Let's move over to the next matchup. We got a heavyweight matchup: Jarzino Rosenstruck. Take it on Marcin Tibera, Rosenstruck 8,600, Marcin Tibera 7,600. Uh, man, in terms of GPPs, Jazino Rosenstruck is someone that's sticking out to me this week. Yeah, I love him this week. And, uh, you know, I, I think that Marcin Tibera is just a big guy, obviously. And he can, if he can take you down, he's dangerous. Um, finding a submission is something where if he was, you know, more of a submission type of guy, I think that I would be backing him in a situation like this because I do think that Jerzino still has holes. He's patching his holes. Um, Marcin Tybora <laughs> attempted 16 takedowns against Alexander Vol- uh, Volkov, which is a lot. Um, and, you know, he has good ground and pound as well. So if he can get Jerzino Rosenstruck down, that's that's definitely a path to victory. But, uh, ah, man, you're talking about Marcin Tybora, who is extremely hittable. And when he loses, it's because he gets hit with a big shot and he gets knocked out. I mean, he, he lost to Augusto Sakai, Shamil Abdurahimov, two fighters that really are not in my good graces. And, uh, you know, the Derek Lewis KO, that's whatever. But losing to Augusto Sakai and Shamil Abdurahimov in the ways that he did against one of the best KO guys within the division in Jersey, you know, Rose, Rosenstruck, this seems like a, uh, a step down in competition uh, from Curtis Blades. Obviously, it is. And, um, you know, this is a, a, a challenge for sure for, for Jerzino, who's more of a one-dimensional type of guy, but uh, I do think that he passes the test, and he's able to defend takedowns. He defended 12 against Cyril Ghosn. Like, that's... I'm looking at Fantasy Cruncher right now. That's pretty damn impressive, and uh, I do remember him being game, and he's tough. So, Jersey, you know, 8,600 seems like a smash spot. Sometimes his lackadaisical uh, output is something to, to always be in question. That Overeem one really sticks out like a sore thumb, where he's just getting out-volume and out-produced, and then finally bails himself out of jail with that big-ass right hand, big left hook. Uh, I think that Jerzy, you know, 8,600 is going to be a part of tons of my lineups. No question about it. I mean, I, I really, this, this is a fight that I will target in terms of GPP, but you know, one thing I, I will say is if Marcin can drag this fight to a third round, kind of becomes a little bit interesting there. Next up, we have got a fight, a female match between Aspen Ladd and Raquel Pennington, 8,900 for Raquel, 7,300 for Aspen Ladd. Uh, I want to see what Aspen Ladd looks like on the scale tomorrow. Yeah, fair, brother. It is fair. And, you know, like Aspen Ladd within the UFC, 4-2, and two, Raquel Peddington, 10-5. and five. You're talking about, I think that this is a, a tough test, and Aspen Ladd's really been through the ringer with who she's fought. I mean, Lena Landsberg, Tanya Enverger, Sajar Eubanks, Durandami, Yana Kuniskaya, Norma Dumont. That last performance against Norma Dumont was uh, where she did not look good at all. Uh, she threw 110 significant strikes, landed only 33 um, got zero of five takedowns. And uh, I do think that Raquel Pennington is somewhat having a resurgence within her career. She's on a three fight win streak over Marion Renault, Panny Kianza, and Macy Chasson. Um, she can get takedowns. She can, uh, defend takedowns. Um, she, you know, the one performance is obviously that Amanda Nunes TKO loss where she was just dominated. Um, I think that she can defend takedowns. I don't think Aspen Ladd has the best entries. Uh, she has great ground and pound, but getting her there, uh, that'll be a part of my, my long shot pool. And, uh, I think that the, the odds are a little too wide for a fighter who's stepping up on relatively short notice Raquel Pennington, 8,900, definitely not getting to her, uh, just not getting to her. I, I I'm just not going to do it. I don't think that she pays it off. I'd rather go to 9,000 options, find my, find a couple hundred dollars somewhere, 
um, or, you know, pay down and Jersey, you know, Rosenstruck sitting right there. So I'll have Aspen Ladd and GPPs just given her upside and Raquel Pennington should win this fight. It, you know, it's a tough challenger for sure, but I think that she's just leagues above. One thing I will say here though, uh, looking at the prop bets on the under two and a half rounds, anywhere from plus two forty to two sixty, it's really intriguing. Really? Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. I don't know. I think Raquel's plan will be just to put just put a pace on Aspen Lad. But it, it, the question becomes is what does Aspen Lad look like on the scale? I mean, let's just be honest about it. We have seen her hop on the scale trying to make 135, and she looks awful. Yeah. I just, I mean, I, I think that she's figured out and uh, against the savvy vet Raquel Pennington. You hope that Pennington's been training hard. Um, well, again, pay attention to the wins, but I'm picking Pennington to win. Uh, next up here, here we got Mickey Gall taking on Mike Malott. Mike Malott, 8,800, 7,400 for Mickey Gall. What's your take, Pete? Yeah, who the hell knew that I was going to say this? But Mickey Gall is a, is a fighter, an underdog that I'm backing this week. Okay. And, um, you know, six and four within the UFC really just developed in the UFC, which is very tough to do, right? Like when, when you basically break into the UFC outside of having some cupcake matchups, um, you know, you're, you're tested throughout. And Mike Malott is a very dangerous fighter as well. Um, lots of quick wins, power in his hands, good submission skills. But who has he fought? Like, who has he fought that's really like within this welterweight division that's going to you know, that that's similar to Mickey Gall. And I know Mickey Gall, not really the best guy because, you know, he's been dropped in multiple fights and nearly finished. And uh, that's something to worry about. But working at Sanford MMA is, you know, going on Instagram is what I always do. I go on Instagram. I check everybody's social media. You know, I like seeing Mickey Gall train with Ian Gary and, and Jason Jackson and all these guys at Sanford MMA. I think that's going to level you up for sure. Um, I don't think that Mickey Gall's all that good of a fighter. I think that he has tremendous submission skills. And if he gets you in a bad spot, um, but I, I do look at Mike Malat as like a guy who's had quick work within his fights. And what happens if that fight gets stretched out? I don't necessarily think that Mickey Gall striking's all that bad. Um, it's just a fighter that I think it come through and he's really fought the tougher competition. I mean, like, listen, Alex Morono, Jordan Williams, Mike Perry, Diego Sanchez, Randy Brown, Sage Northcutt, I listened to some interviews and uh, Mike Malott saying that he's he's going to finish Mickey Gall. I would be really surprised. Diego Sanchez, the only guy that was able to do that inside the UFC. Uh, Randy Brown didn't finish him. Sage Northcutt, like, you know, Mike Perry, even Alex Morono didn't finish him. So it's 2022, Jason, and I'm back in Mickey Gall, 7,400. I mean, look, it's when you go back to that container series fight with Mike, uh, Shimon Saproski just could defend, you know, it, yeah. it looked you know, just could defend submission, um, you know, and uh, it, it's one of those things where it's an interesting test for, for Mike here. I, I don't see me getting to a ton of him at 8,800 because of what you just mentioned there about, you know, how Mickey is, you know, he's just a tough guy to stop and, and we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah. But next, go ahead. Oh, yep. Yeah, just one, one quick thing on that though. Like 
a lot of times these fighters have that unknown factor about them. And Mike Malott's a guy where if he doesn't have a box score and if he comes in super, super low owned where like nobody's touching him, he does have power. He did train at Team Alpha Male for a very long time. And this could be a situation where maybe the damage has caught up to Mickey Gall. I don't necessarily foresee it. I think that this fight's going to go the distance. And who do I favor? I have to favor the guy I've seen against tougher competition and Mickey Gall. No question about it. Heavyweight matchup of salaries of 8,100 on both sides of the equation, Alexi Olenek and Jared Fandera. I mean, look, Pete, you're not going to feel good about putting either one of these guys in your lineup. You've got one guy who might have... 40 pounds on fight night, 50 pounds on fight night on his opponent, that being Jared Vandera. Olenek, we just know. I mean, if Olenek can get this fight to the ground, Jared Vandera is in, in trouble. But this is the thing why you love Olenek in terms of GPPs. If he's coming through for you, he's finished him within a round and a half. Yeah. If this thing, if you tell me this thing makes it the third round, I want Jared Vandera. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really too torn on this one, to be honest. Like, uh, you know, Alexi Lennox, he had, you know, a ton of interesting fights for sure. Um, but I, I really feel like he's so old and, he, you know, he's seen it all and he's taken so much damage. And I don't even, I don't think that there's a chin there. Like we've seen him get knocked out by tons of people um, and his cardio is terrible as well. So outside of like a sneaky submission I just don't see how he necessarily wins. And, you know, he was able to win a, a fight against uh, uh, Fabricio Verdum where it was a split decision, but, uh, you know, he threw tons of volume and, you know, that type of style could possibly work out. I just don't think that he has the gas tank against a guy in Jared Vandera, who's a big, big guy. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that Jared Vandera is all that good, Jason. I, I, I truthfully don't. But last fight against Andre Orlovsky was pretty close. He got ragdolled against Alexander Romanov. It's the Justin Toffa fight, right? Like throwing and landing a landing 121 significant strikes against Justin Toffa, who, you know, hits really damn hard and just walking him down, putting him on his back foot. I think that's something to note. So I'm back in Jared Vandera here. I think that he gets Olenek out of there. I truthfully do. And like, yeah, you could have Tisha Torres at 8,000. Find $100. You know, find $100, get to Jared Vandera or Alexi Olenek if, you, if you're back in Olenek. I'm back in Vandera. I think he gets him out of there. I'm going to get to both sides of this fight. Yeah. What what scares the crap about Olenek is if he can't get the submission within seven minutes. Yeah. If this thing is elongated fight, to me, it is totally advantage Jared Vandera. Uh, for Vandera, you got to use your weight advantage that you're going to have in this fight. I, I could very well see a, a thought process of they're just going to try to make it a kickboxing matchup for the first round and a half. And then once they, they feel that Olenek is worn down, then you start going the takedown route. I mean, look, if I'm Van Dare, I'm not trying to go with the wrestling early on in this fight because uh, he could very easily get submitted off his back. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, you know, my buddy Josh is in there saying that Vandera has take down, a horrible takedown defense. He's right. He, he does. Um, I think that if Alexi Olenek had stronger wrestling, like I think that he has good grappling, but I don't necessarily see him as being like a, an amazing uh, takedown artist. Uh, I would definitely be worried about Jaron Vandera, especially if like he gets down and you have big Alexi Olenek on top of you. But I really feel like Vandera can pound him out. Like even with like <sighs> sub- somewhat pillow hands, as everybody in chat saying, he has good volume. And at, at this point, like Alexi Olenek's just going to cover up, shell up and just get teed off on. So I'm back in Vandera pretty handily. Of course, uh, we'll see if uh, one of these guys makes it into the optimal lineup on Saturday. We want to see you go into the Osmo Hall of Fame on Saturday. Of course, you know what you got to be doing. You got to be rocking that Osmo avatar on your DFS profile. Tweet your wins to at Osmo HOF. And when you finish in the top three of the contest, over 5,000 entries, you'll win a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. Of course, you can only win that one per calendar year. So go through some of the people that have recently gone into the Osmo Hall of Fame. Congratulations to Fields. Uh, taking down uh, over $6,000 in an NBA contest over there on DraftKings. Also, uh, Ryan taking down second place in an NBA contest, wins $600. Congratulations to you. Uh, Fick taking down first place in a PGA contest. Of course, uh, the Masters going on right now with $600 there. Also, uh, Steve taking down first place of 
over there, $6,000. Congratulations to you, Steve. Uh, Patrick taking down first place over there on FanDuel and NBA contest, winning over $5,000. And kudos to our guy, Dave, with what he was able to do with live betting Kansas there on Monday night in the NCAA men's basketball championship game. Dave is a monster. Dave is a monster, and props to Dave because – I saw that and I was a UNC backer and, and I saw him do that. And I'm like, Hey, you got to risk it to get the biscuit as my buddy says. And, uh, Dave sure did that. And man, he looked like a genius and, uh, what a night, man. Good job. Next up, we've got a matchup between Anthony Hernandez and Josh Trim. 8,700 for Anthony Hernandez, 7,500 for Josh Trim. Josh Trim got a contract with the UFC on Dana White's looking for a fight when they were there at the FAC show, which, by the way, that is James Krause promotion there uh, in Missouri, Kansas area. Uh, the one thing that scares the crap out of you with Josh Trim is if you go back to that LFA tile fight he had, just very hittable. Uh, yeah. If you if you go back and you watch the FAC fight where he won his contract, um, his opponent was super, super aggressive. And and I, I interviewed Josh after that fight, and he said, he's like, man, he goes, I wasn't expecting that. And he goes, I kind of had to rebalance a little bit there with, with his opponent here. Uh, Anthony Hernandez, of course, we've seen what he's been able to do in the UFC, which take beat. I am going to split some of my exposure, right? Like this is not really a confident pick, um, but I, I am leaning in the Anthony Hernandez side, uh, uh, even going back and, and, you know, watching some of his regional tape. And, you know, I, I think that he has good hands. I think that he has sneaky submission skills as evidence in that Rodolfo Vieira fight. Um, I think that he's just an inconsistent fighter, right? Like we've seen the ups, the downs, uh, getting a, a win over Rodolfo Vieira and Jung Young Park definitely age well, um, you know, and, you know, it's the LFA fight against Brendan Allen that really sticks out to me. It's like, wow, this guy, I, I hold Brendan Allen in a pretty high regard. Like, I think that he's a pretty damn talented fighter and getting a win over that is something to note. Uh, Josh Friend is still waiting for that big, big victory against a, a very, very talented fighter. Um, you know, and, and the loss to Gregory Rodriguez, is not really one that I'm harping on too much. I just look at his fights and I see a guy that has found finishes quite early. So what happens if, if this fight gets a little bit extended? And I, I do think that I will be favoring the Hernandez side, but as far as getting to an underdog, I'm okay with getting to a little bit of friend just because of the inconsistencies of fluffy Hernandez, but I am backing Hernandez. I mean, like outside of that Kevin Holland fight and uh, then the Marcus Perez defeat, like, this guy has skills. Like you saw him against Jordan Wright on the contender series, just let off a, a barrage of punches. And when he goes, he's great. So I, I think that he's going to be just the the A side in this fight. But an upset with this low level type of fight would definitely not surprise me. Next up, we got a female matchup. You got Rodriguez taking on Hanson, A300 for Rodriguez, 7900. For Hanson, of course, uh, Hanson, her last fight, she was at 125, now back down at 115. And we were in that matchup there uh, against Jasmine. You really saw the size difference. And, you know, obviously, you know, Kay was not able really to, to have the success that she has had early in her career with the ground game. She's still a very young fighter, 22 years old here. Uh, I think she's fighting for a UFC job here. If she doesn't get the win, I, I think she'll be cut. Ah, really? You think so? Like, yeah. I mean... I don't know, man. I, I think that you're, you know, you, you get a little bit more, um, a little bit more slack in, in women's MMA just because it's a, a thin division as well. And we've seen people that should have been cut kind of just hang around for a little bit. Um, I think that Kay Hansen might be flying under the radar a little bit because uh, losing to Jasmine Jasuda Vicious and Corey McKenna, you know, fights where she went one of seven and takedowns against Jasmine Jasuda Vicious, who's a very, very good wrestler, two of five against Corey McKenna. And, you know, out volume on the feet. And uh, I think that a lot of people are just going to be thinking that the same is going to repeat here. And she's going up against a guy, uh, a, a fighter in Piero Rodriguez, who on the feet looks really good and has some takedowns of her own. But there's something that I saw on fight tape that I think that Kay Hansen can exploit. It's, you know, Piero Rodriguez is able to defend double leg takedowns pretty well. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, you know, she's inconsistent as well, but I did see that she has the correct uh, technique of defending double legs. It's the, the body lock and the trip takedowns that she really has struggled with on the regional scene. And uh, that's something that Kay Hansen really has in her back pocket. I'm back. I'm back in Kay Hansen here at 7,900. I really am. I think that there is some submission upside. I like her more so than I like Tisha Torres. Uh, so like the discount from Tisha Torres to Kay Hansen is something because there is some submission upside. There's more takedown upside here mm-hmm. because Tisha's not going to be looking for takedown. She's going to be, you know, dancing in, on the outside and, and trying to out volume uh, Mackenzie Dern. So, I'm picking the underdog Kay Hansen here. She's fought in the UFC three times against pretty, you know, not tough, crazy tough competition, but I do like her here in this bout as an underdog. So I'm going to take my shot here. 7,900 Kay Hansen. I totally understand where you're coming from, especially with the takedown submission upside that, that she has there. But, uh, man, it's just, it's one of those fights. I don't know if I want to get a ton to it, yeah. uh, just because of maybe trying to get to some other options here. Then our first fight of the night, Julio Arce, 9,000, taking on Daniel Santos, 7,200. You mentioned earlier in the show, uh, when it comes to 9,000, Julio Arce is kind of at the, at the bottom end of this. Yeah, for me, he is. Um, like, he should win this fight against a debuting fighter. He's 4-3 and three in the UFC, but his regional, you know, record and just he, – he's fought tough competition, and he's a very talented fighter. It's just that he's coming off a, a pretty big knockout defeat to Song Yudong, and Song Yudong is one of the highest-regarded fighters – within the division. And uh, I think that Song Yudong is going to do great things in the sport and you've already seen it. And uh, it's less about losing to Song Yudong and it's more about damage within his career. Father time is undefeated and he's taken so much damage within his career. And he's kind of, you know, had to bounce back from bad spots of getting knocked down and dropped. And I'll tell you what, man, this kid, Daniel Santos is very, very dangerous. So this is a situation and a fight pretty similar to that. Anthony Hernandez, Josh friend fight where I will be getting to the underdog. There's so much about Daniel Santos that we don't know. I know that he comes from a strong camp. Um, he has been away from the cage for some, for some bit. He's very wild on the feet, but you know me, I'm always a little hesitant about backing a fighter going up against another striker when they're just coming off and knock out the feet. And uh, Daniel Santos has a variety of attacks, lots of spinning techniques, spinning kicks to the body, spinning hook kicks, wheel kicks, all that good stuff that can definitely catch a fighter off guard. I think that Julio Arce should win the fight. Easily the worst 9,000 option on the slate, in my opinion, my personal opinion. Um, it's just like a, uh, it's probably going to be a, a, a stand-up affair and you'll be kind of biting your nails throughout it. So I'd much rather just target the underdog and get to a little bit of him uh, and, and just not even put Julio Arce within my, my player pool. I, I like the other 9,000 options quite a bit better. Yeah, it's been over two years uh, since we've seen uh, Daniel Santos. Not a ton of footage out there on him, too, which kind of uh, sticks out there. Well, uh, Samuel, appreciate you in the Super Chat. We'll get to you uh, here in a moment. Uh, Pete, let's go our straight up DFS picks. Uh, let's go top to bottom here. Main event, uh, give me Volkanovsky. Yeah, give me Volkanovsky. Uh, I'm uh, Peter Jan in the co-main event for me. Peter Jan, yep. I don't even have to ask you who your pick is. Clearly, you're Gilbert, going to go with Gilbert Burns. <laughs> no, Jemayev, I, 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 will, I will go with Chemayev as well. Yeah. Uh, Torres and Dern. I like Tisha Torres. Tisha. Madsen and Pichelle. I'm scared on this pick. I'm going to go Marco Madsen, but I'm scared about that third round. Well, I totally agree. Mark Madsen. Uh, I will take Ian Gary against Darion Weeks. I'm not as confident as you, but I'm still going to say Ian Gary. Give me Rosenstruck over Typeboro. Rosenstruck. I want to put an asterisk next to this fight right now because I want to see what Aspen Lad looks on the scale. But right now, I will go Raquel Pennington. I'm going Raquel Pennington. Uh, Mickey Gall against Mike Malott. Um, You've kind of talked me into Mickey Gall here. Oof, I'm scared about that. A, I'm very scared about it, but I am picking Mickey Gall. Olenek Vandera. You're going to do it, aren't you? Give me Alexi Olenek. Give me the Get old that. guy. Give, give me, even though you hating on the 44-year-old. 
I mean, he, he's he's going to be sitting upside down after round one, huffing and puffing. But uh, yeah, yeah, give me Jared Van Damme. Or, or his hands are, are celebrating victory because he's, he's yeah. uh, done Ezekiel choke on him. Uh, Van Dare is pretty bad. Van Dare is pretty bad, but I'm still picking him to win. Like, if I tell you, sit there, Van Dare takes him down the first round. He better not, dude. Don't take him down. Because you might get Ezekiel choke the, right then there. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right, though. It's like, dude, don't do that. Like, have some fight IQ. Anthony Hernandez versus Josh Frim. I'm going Hernandez. I will go with the upset in Josh Frim. Okay. I don't uh, hate Rodriguez it. and Hanson. I'm going Hanson. I feel like we're going di- to we're going to disagree. I'll go Rodriguez. Okay. Uh, Arce and Santos. Give me Arce. Arce. Uh, Sam, appreciate you in the super chat. So we got uh, top two cash GPP. So uh, in terms of cash games, uh, to me, my top cash would be Volkanovski. Okay. I'm going to say I'm, I'm with you. It's Volkanovski and, and Chimaya for me. Um, the second one for me would be, uh, yeah, Chimaev. I would, I would put him in the top cash. Uh, but of course, if you put those two guys in your cash lamps, well, guess you gotta start digging for some 100%. real low end options. Uh, GPPs, uh, it, to me, it's main event, co main event. It's just because of the ceiling for sure. Five rounds, definitely prioritized. Um, in terms of underdogs, uh, I think you gotta look at Marco Matson because of the takedown abilities at, at 7,800. Um, you know, and then I think you got, you know, when you talk about, uh, takedown potentials, I think Kay Hansen has got to be, uh, in that equation as well. And as much as I love Peter Yan, I don't mind taking stabs at, at Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um, I will say that it's Marco Madsen and Kay Hansen from a takedown perspective, Mickey Gall could win the fight and I'm picking him to win the fight. I just don't know if he scores well, because I don't think that he's going to get a finish. Uh, in the side, the distance fight. So I'll just kind of start labeling out some fights here. Hernandez, Frem, Olenek, Vandera, Rosenstruck, Tybura, Gary, Weeks, Jemiah, Burns. Let's do a ton of match. Yeah. I don't even in terms know what of, happened. Of, of fights in the inside the distance. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? I was reading a comment and I totally... <laughs> Blanked. I mean, I think that there's going to be a lot of. I'm going to say over on that finish. Yeah. Uh, top leverage plays regarding salary and outcome. Gary's got to be a, a, a big leverage play because of the other 9,000 options. He's just going to go be glossed Ar- over. Arce uh, could as well. Who? Julio Arce. Yeah. Because everyone's going to be getting the Chemayev, Jan, and Volk. Yeah. I, I'm with you. He just hasn't oh. scored well. Like in any of his wins, Arce is like 88, 89 fantasy points uh, when he was getting pieced up against uh, Julian Arosa in the third round. Uh, top optimal plays. Um, I'll give you some fights that are sticking out to me as ones I think have a high probability of being optimal. Hernandez Frim is one of them. Um, yeah. And I, I don't probably I'm gonna get to Fremd. I really am, even though I think yeah. Hernandez. And and I gotta say it's Chamaya Burns. It's probably that eighty one hundred fight for me, to be honest. I just yeah. think that the Vandera Olenek, big guys, horrible gas gas tanks. Um I, I think that fight's gonna sneak into the optimal. I think Sam has set a good number on the overrunner finishes at seven and a half. I'm saying over. That's a lot of fights, Jace. That's a there's a lot of fights. Well, thirteen fights, yeah, right? Thirteen. I don't know. It seemed it seemed when I was doing when I was breaking it down, I was like, man, there's a lot of damn fights. Um, I mean, like like if you sat there and said fights that you think have a high probability to go into decision, Dern Tur- Torres number one. Vlad <sighs> Pennington too. Yeah. Outside, of I that, think man. I think of the top three fights. The co-main event's got the highest probability of going the distance. I don't think it does. Yeah. I think you get a finish at some point. Um, I'm saying over on that number, man. I, I mean, good line, Sam, but I'm saying over. Yeah, I would probably lean over uh, as well in terms of that as well. Of course, uh, we'll be back here on Saturday for Live Before Lock. Of course, coming up in 30 minutes from now, we've got MLB Live Before Lock to get you ready for today's MLB slate. I know Pete's all excited. He's I all excited. I cannot wait. 
I can't wait for baseball, man. It was my first love, you know, and then uh, I, I love it. I cannot wait and uh, can't wait to see, you know, watch our videos and, and, and definitely start making some lineups. Of course, if you're watching us after the fact, you can leave a message in the comments. Myself or Pete will get back to you. Uh, when we see that comment, of course, uh, be sure to smash that thumbs up button. As you exit the show, we will see you on Saturday for Live Before Lock. Have a good day, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.